Are precognitive dreams real? What would you do if your dreams became a reality? Find out more in today's episode of Dead Roses Podcast. So ever since I was little, dreams have been a big part of my life. I've had the waking dreams where your body is paralyzed, and but you think you're awake. I've had the flying dreams. I can remember dreams, not just that I had the night before, but I can remember dreams from years and years previously, which is why I know that I've had dreams that have then come true. So, for example, when I was about seven or eight, I had a dream that I woke up to my mother screaming, John, John, there's someone in the house. And I sat up and it was pitch black and all of my belongings were there, but it wasn't my room. I had no idea where I was. And she was screaming as this man ran out of my bedroom door. And that's all I remembered of the dream. And I very distinctly remember waking up the next morning and telling my mom about it. But she said I didn't need to worry because we would always have Sarah. And Sarah was our dog that was German Shepherd Lab Cross. So she was really big dog. Um, and she would bark at anybody coming in the house. So that comforted me when I was eight. Fast forward to when I'm, I believe I was 12, and we had moved, not just to a different house, but to a different town. Sarah had gotten very, very old, and we had had to put her down. And one night after Thanksgiving, it was the night after the Thanksgiving, I woke up to my mom in my room screaming, John, John, there's someone in the house. And I sat up and it was pitch black and there was a man running out the door. So that was the first time I remember a dream happening. The next time it happened, I was probably 14 years old when I had the dream. And I had this strange dream that I owned a restaurant up in the mountains and it was surrounded by cabins owned by very rich people. And so they would frequent my restaurant because they didn't like to cook for themselves. And in my dream, I my business was extremely successful, but I was spending all of the money that was coming in on partying and drinking and showing my friends how lavish I could live. And I wasn't paying the alcohol tab. I wasn't paying the power bill. I wasn't paying any of the bills that come along with the restaurant. And so the business got shut down. Power got turned off. And the next thing I remember in the dream is that I was carrying a, a plastic crate type thing that they use in the restaurants that they put glasses in that you push through the dishwasher. 
And I was carrying that to the front end of the restaurant where there was this half circle bar where people could sit instead of going further back into the restaurant. And there was another man there and we were basically closing up shop, packing everything up and talking about how it had been a good run, but I made some really bad choices and I looked out the window and this group of people had come into the gravel parking lot. They'd come around a corner into this gravel parking lot and they were walking. They weren't driving. They were all walking, which was weird. And then suddenly I was no longer the person that owned the restaurant, but I was one of the young girls in this group of people. And I could see that there was a blue note on the door. And it said that the power had been turned off, so the business had been closed. Which is one thing that I had mentioned to the other person before I became went out into the crowd. I mentioned, we don't have to worry, we won't do anything, they'll see the note, they'll leave. And that's what the group that I was then, we saw the note saying the restaurant had closed. And so we turned around and left. And then when I was 18, I had had a baby girl that I'd given up for adoption. And the family wanted to make sure I was okay with giving her up. And so they had paid for me to go to a therapist And the therapist had what they called a sculpting class in a cabin up in the mountains. And there was a whole group of us up there that went up there kind of working through, you know, our demons, our issues. And one night they wanted to go to this restaurant that one of them knew about um, because he was he had money and, and he had stayed at one of the cabins in the area. And so we walked up the street. I thought it would be the first one that was in this little cabin. I don't know if they were a little town or it was a campsite with all these cabins in it. But he said, no, it's further up the street. So we all walked down the street and we round the corner into a gravel parking lot. And there is the restaurant with the blue note saying that it had been closed because the power bill hadn't been paid. And there was two cars outside of it, but we were like, well, dang, they're closed. We guess we can't eat there. And we turned around and went home. I think the quickest that I've ever had one of these dreams happen, my older sister, Amy, and I had not been talking for about a year we were fighting and and you know we were adults so it was easy to go without speaking or seeing each other and I knew that she had gotten pregnant in that year and I knew she was going to be having a baby soon but one night while she was pregnant and she still had like a month or two left to go um I had a dream that I was walking through my house and I suddenly went into labor And I wasn't pregnant, so it really threw me off. And so I called my little sister, Michelle, and I was telling her that I was in labor at home and I needed help. And she said, wait a minute, you're not pregnant. And I said, I didn't know I was, but apparently I am. 
and she said, I've got Amy on the other line. She's having her baby at home. And I just felt so bad for my little sister because she's clicking back and forth between our calls trying to help her two sisters who are both having babies at home. I did not end up pregnant, but the next morning I woke up to a call from my little sister, Michelle, and I said to her, Michelle, I was just having this dream about you where I was having a baby at home. And she said, oh, so you know, because I mentioned me and Amy were both having our babies at home. And she said, oh, so you know. And I said, no, what? Amy had her baby at home last night. So that's the quickest that turnaround time has happened. And at this point, my family does not like me dreaming about them. Um, I have always had a way of just knowing things. Even if I haven't dreamt about it, I just know. So one year for Mother's Day, the whole family, extended family, my uncle, everybody, we went to IHOP for my mom. And we all went together. And... Amy and I, we were talking again, we were talking about, I said that our uncle Terry had been put into a old folks home. And she said, no, no, he hasn't. I said, I swear you told me he'd been put into an old folks home. And so when my uncle Robin showed up, we asked him, hey, didn't you put uncle Terry into an old folks home? And... He um, he said, no, Uncle Terry's fine. He's not in an old folks home. Six months later, Uncle Terry had a stroke and he was put into an old folks home. And that's just always kind of been, I just know things. And I don't know how I know them or I dream things and I don't know why. But I would have to say the very freakiest dream that I ever had was when I was at Weaver Basin Job Corps in Utah. And we had four dorms there. It's an old military base and there was four dorms on the center. And it was Apache, Donner, Bridger, and Custer. And the boys were in Custer and Bridger and the girls were in um Donner and Apache. And there was always, even in, even in Donner dorm, which is where I was at, there were stories of hauntings and there was a chair that if you ever moved it, it would fly across the room. You weren't supposed to touch it. It had to remain facing the wall or otherwise it would fly across the room. Really weird things. And one night I had a dream that I was walking around the center and there was this boy there with brown shaggy hair and freckles and he was wearing all black and he was crying and everybody was just walking past him as he was crying. They didn't pay much attention to him or any attention at all and I felt so bad for him and so I went up and I said, hey, are you okay? And he stopped and he said, what? Wait, you can see me? And I said, of course I can see you. Are you okay? And he was shocked. He said, but 
I'm dead. How can you see me? And this is all still the dream. And so I thought it was a little strange. But in the dream, I felt really bad for him. And he told me the story. He hung himself in one of the dorms. And he, um, because he was so lonely and so depressed. And um, he now he was even more sad because nobody could see him. And he was stuck there on the center. And he couldn't leave. So I felt so bad for him that I just started hanging out with them. And everybody, of course, thought I was crazy because I was talking to thin air. Nobody else could see him. But we would go watch movies together. We'd play pool or I would play pool and he would watch. And um, arts and crafts we could do on the center. And so I would we would do arts and crafts and he'd talk to me and I'd talk to him. And I'd just hang out with him and make him feel a little bit better, a little more loved. And then one day, all of a sudden, three guides showed up on the center and they were looking for him, and they were spirit guides. And um, they said it was time, and that he was in a better place, and it was time for him to go. And so he left with me. Or not with me, I'm sorry. He left with them. And so I was kind of sad, but, you know, it was time for him to go. So I woke up the next morning, and the side door facing Bridger Dorm had been propped open. So I was looking straight at Bridger Dorm, which is the dorm he said he hung himself in. And I was telling somebody from the Bridger Dorm about this, and they freaked out as I started to describe what he looked like because they said that this kid had hung himself in the dorm, and they had seen him just kind of walking by sometimes and that he would do things like fling the shower curtains open or run up and down the hall making noises like he apparently was haunting the dorm so that was the creepiest and and to this day I don't know how much truth there is to it because I don't know if it was the power of suggestion that caused that dream Or if it really was this boy who had hung himself that nobody else could see, but I could see him in a dream. But I can say that uh, when Christmas came that year, we all changed bays. And so we moved from where we were. So I was no longer in the bay that was right next to the Bridger dorm. And about three months after the change, um, I had a dream that he found me and he was angry because he thought I had left. And he and he came to my new bay and he was upset with me, but I explained it. And that was the end of that dream. But I don't again, I don't know how real the dream was. So those are uh, some real quick stories about dreams that I've had and how they've happened or things that I know and some spookiness. A big thank you to Samara Birch for submitting your story to Dead Roses podcast. If you have a story or experience that you'd like to share, send us an email at deadrosespodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to Benjamin Tissett at Ben Sounds for our theme music. And as always, thank you for listening.